The scripture reading this morning is from Proverbs chapter 18, verses 21, and chapter 8, verse, chapter 12, verse 18, excuse me. Hear the word of the Lord. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Good morning. I just want to begin uh, by thanking Pastor Tyler and Gabe for giving me the opportunity to come here and preach the word this morning. I am a new resident pastor at Christ Community and I serve primarily at the Brookside campus. Uh, I've been in Kansas City for about five months and I'm super excited to preach the word to you this morning. One reason is because my parents are here actually. My mom and dad are here. This is the first time they're ever hearing me preach live. So pray for me. (laughs) Um, So let us begin with prayer. Father, uh, I just thank you, Lord, uh, for this opportunity um, to preach your word this morning. Father, I pray that you would just fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Pray that you would uh, conform us to the image of Christ, Lord, through your word and Uh, draw us into a deeper relationship with you, and I pray that you would be glorified and lifted up this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. I didn't know what love was until I seen Christ's cross covered with his blood. He came to save men and not to judge, even though that's what we deserve, because we didn't worship God as the creator. Instead, we made idols to serve, but that just didn't work. So we were left empty, broken and hurt, trapped underneath this curse of idolatry, and the Christ became a curse up on that tree. Like Paul said in Galatians 3 and 13, now I see how I was trying to do all these things to create my own righteousness and purity instead of trusting in the righteousness Christ secured for me. And now I finally realize that I'm fully justified by his perfect life and sacrifice when he was crucified because the wrath of God was fully satisfied. So now in Christ is where I now reside and find my strength to fight sin day to day and turn from it and go the other way. Because the other day I was on the corner of hopelessness and self-salvation and he gave me grace. Yeah, he gave me grace. Yeah, my king died, but he also raised. So on him I put all my faith and turned away from trying to earn salvation by my works because that will never work. And if you try, you underneath the curse. Due to our sin nature, we need a rebirth. And I finally see what it means in Christ to be free. And I can't wait to be with God for eternity. Yeah, that's everything. I don't want nothing else. Because I was dead at the bottom of the ocean of my sins and I needed help. Christ swam in better than Michael Phelps. Just to give me life, he laid down himself. Just to give me life abundantly. Just to give you life abundantly. Now, you may not know what just happened, (laughs) but I just did one of my spoken word poems. I love spoken word poetry and because it's one of the most powerful forms of communication. When I write or listen to poetry, I'm reminded of the power of words. 
I'm always amazed how poets can use words to tell a powerful story or make deep metaphors. I've probably seen hundreds of poems, and one of the things I notice is that the greatest poets know how to use their words. Excellent poets know when to cut a word or replace a word with a more precise word. The best poets are the best at using words. In Proverbs today, we will see that the wisest people are also the best at using words. Now, over the past weeks, we have been doing a series in Proverbs called Restart Smart. And this week, we are focusing on knowing what to say and when to say it. The book of Proverbs has much to say about how a person should speak and use their words. This is so important because our words have great power. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruits. This verse highlights the power of words we speak with our tongues. We can use our words to speak life, but we can also use our words to speak death. Our words have the power to heal another person, but they also have the power to hurt a person. We can use our words to encourage, but we can also use our words to, di to discourage. We can use our words to build people up, but we can also use our words to tear people down. How do you use your words? How do you use your words when you speak, email, tweet, or text? Do you ever struggle with using your words in ways that are hurtful to the people closest to you? Today we will learn that if we are going to be wise, we must use our words properly. If we are going to be wise, we must use our words properly. We have to know what to say and when to say it if we're truly going to live wisely. In Proverbs this morning, we will learn three things we need to do to speak wisely. The first being, if we're going to speak wisely, we must repent from speaking words of death. If we're going to speak wisely, we must repent from speaking words of death. Wise people repent from speaking words of death that kill relationships. Some of you may be thinking, what exactly are words of death? Now, I have an acronym to talk about the words of death that I'm excited about in Proverbs. The acronym is LAG. It stands for words of lying, anger, and gossip. Lying, anger, and gossip. And according to Oxford Dictionary, the word lag means to fall behind in movement, progress, or development. Now, words of lying, anger, and gossip hinder our progress and development as Christians. They are words that are harmful to our relationships. God calls us to turn away from speaking words of death. We see this in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs has multiple verses that point to the destruction that comes from lying. Proverbs 19.9 says, A false witness will not go unpunished, and whoever pours out lies will perish. The word translated a false witness refers to a person who lies in court. A false witness takes an oath to tell the truth, but still utters falsehood and lies. But false witnesses are often not caught in their lies. But this verse in Proverbs says that the false witness will be punished. 
This verse highlights the reality that the person who uses their speech to lie will suffer consequences for their actions. This proverb reminds us that there are consequences to living outside of God's way through using our speech to communicate lies. This proverb also communicates the reality that the person who lies will perish. The word translated perish could also mean to be destroyed. The person who habitually tells lies will perish. The person who uses their words to speak falsehood and lies speak words of death that will ultimately lead to their destruction. Now go with me for a moment. Have any of you heard of Bernie Madoff? Bernie Madoff, a former stockbroker, deceived thousands and thousands of people. Madoff made people believe that he had an investment firm. But in reality, he was running the largest Ponzi scheme ever. He was taking money from investors and using the money from new investors to pay the early investors. As he was doing this, he was taking money for himself. Bernie Madoff stole over $50 billion dollars from his investors. He stole more money than anyone in U.S. history. In 2008, Madoff told his sons that his company was all just one big lie. All just one big lie. He destroyed thousands of people's lives through this big lie. He destroyed his family. And this is what small lies and big lies do alike. And some of you may be wondering, what exactly is a lie? Well, a lie is seeking to use your words to deceive another person. This is what Madoff did when he used his words to, to deceive people into believing that he was running an honest investment firm. Telling a lie may seem innocent, but those who use their words to speak lies are speaking death. If we're go going to stop speaking death, we must refrain from speaking lies. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we must speak the truth. And at times, it is hard to speak the truth because it seems like the people telling lies are the ones prospering, right? Often, often it seems that the people lying are the ones gaining prominent position in our society. Or it may seem like the people lying are the ones moving up at your job. But Proverbs 12:19 says, Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. So that person that's telling lies, that's in high places, they may seem like they're doing well, but actually, they only last for a moment. They're, they're not, they're not going to endure forever. This proverb shows that in the end, the person who speaks truth is the one who endures. In the long run, speaking the truth is always better than telling a lie because the truth will endure forever and lies don't last. Okay, Proverbs does not only show us that we need to stop speaking lies. Proverbs shows that we must also stop speaking harshly out of anger. Harsh words spoken out of anger are also words of death. Proverbs 29.11 says, Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. This proverb shows that a person who vents out all their anger through their words is foolish. It is foolish to allow our anger to bring us to a place where we fully express our frustration with our words. This is foolish because it doesn't fix our situations, does it? When we speak out of anger, 
It does not make a situation better. This proverb also shows that a wise person brings calmness or peace through their words. They don't fully vent out their frustration when they're angry. They instead use their words to calm down a situation. And this makes sense because Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. This proverb shows that when we respond in a gentle way, we will generally turn away wrath. If someone is angry with us and we respond in, in a gentle way, this typically will calm the situation down. This proverb also shows that harsh words spoken out of anger only stir up more anger. Think about it. Think of a time when someone spoke angry words to you. Were you less angry after they got done speaking? When we speak harsh words out of anger, we only stir up more anger. When we speak harsh words of anger to our family, friends, or fellow sisters and brothers in Christ, This often leads to them becoming more angry with us. And I know this based on experience. When I was in high school, my dad brought me these fresh pair of all-white Reebok shoes. Now, many people do not wear Reebok shoes now, and there's the picture in the back with the cake and everything, but Reebok shoes were cool when I was in high school. And there was someone in first service that had Reeboks on, and they told me that they're still cool, so. (laughs) The first week I got my new Reeboks, I wore them to school, and after school I had marching band practice. I, of course, was not gonna wear my new all-white shoes to marching band practice, so I left my shoes in my locker, but I made one big mistake. I left my locker unlocked. And while I was at band practice, someone stole my new shoes out my locker. When my dad picked me up from band practice, I let him know that my shoes, which he bought, had gotten stolen, and my dad was livid. He was yelling at me, and I wish I would have given a gentle answer. (laughs) If I would have said, Dad, you're right, I should have locked my locker, and I'm sorry for wasting your money, he probably would have calmed down, but I spoke out of my anger and frustration. You know what I said? As my dad was speaking to me, I just blurted out, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) These harsh words stirred up my dad's anger even more. And I don't know about you, but I didn't grow up in a family where you can talk back to your parents. (laughs) So I won't tell you how the story ends, but just know it's a miracle that I'm here today preaching God's word. (laughs) (laughs) because those words of death that I spoke almost literally led to my death. (laughs) Have you ever spoken harsh words out of anger to your spouse, children, or friends? Hostile words spoken out of anger only produce more anger. Words spoken out of anger also can cause deep hurt to to the people closest to us. And we cannot take back our words spoken out of anger. Numerous marriages, friendships, and relationships have been destroyed through hurtful words spoken out of anger. This is why harsh words of anger are words of death that we should refrain from using. 
Go with me here for a second. In this age of technology and social media, we also need to be careful about using harsh words of anger in text, tweets, or emails. Some of you may not literally speak words of anger to people, but it can be so easy to say hurtful words of anger through social media, email, and text. Because we get, we're not able to see the person's reaction. We must refrain from speaking words of anger in all domains. But this isn't all we see in Proverbs. Proverbs also shows us that we must refrain from speaking words of gossip. The dictionary defines a gossip as a person who habitually reveals personal or sensational facts about someone else. A person who gossips spreads personal information about other people that they wouldn't want shared. Proverbs 20:19 says, "A gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much." I like that. Avoid anyone who talks too much. <laughs> this proverb shows that a person who gossips is betraying the confidence of another person. When we spread gossip, we are betraying another person by putting out their personal information. This proverb also commands the wise to avoid a person who speaks too much because that person could also be a gossiper. This proverb calls us to avoid gossiping and gossipers. We should not make someone else's personal business public to other people. In the Christian community, we can deceive ourselves by betraying gossip as a prayer request for another person. We can, stay, we can say stuff like, Peter's dad got locked up in prison for selling drugs, so pray for him. <laughs> Before you do that, you need to check with Peter and figure out if Peter wants people to know that his dad in prison. Before sharing personal information about other people, we should check with the person who shared the information. It's so easy for us to go to a friend and tell them not to tell anyone, but so-and-so did such-and-such. Then the first person goes to another friend and says, don't tell anybody, but so-and-so did such-and-such. And the cycle continues, and this leads to the disintegration of friendship and community. Proverbs 16.28 says, a perverse person stirs up conflict, and a gossip separates close friends. This highlights the reality that gossip causes division between friends, and I know this from personal experience. When I was in college, I was having conflict with one of my roommates and friends. He was saying comments and expressing views that I disagreed with. And I went to another friend to vent out my frustrations. Somehow the information I said about my friend and roommate got back to him, and the, he came to me and asked me, did I say those things? And I admitted, yes, I said those things. But I tried to defend myself by telling my friend and roommate that I was just venting out my frustrations, but the truth is I was gossiping. And this gossiping that I did really hurt our friendship and caused separation between us. Have you ever gossiped about a person? Or do you struggle with venting out frustration about another person behind their back? One of the quickest ways to kill a relationship is through gossip. We should turn from speaking death through not gossiping. If we are going to be wise, 
we must repent from seeking words of death. If we are honest, we can all lag. We can all fall into speaking words of lying, anger, or gossip. When we fall into that sinful behavior, we should repent from speaking words of death, knowing that Jesus died on the cross for every sinful word we have ever spoken or ever will speak. If we are going to be wise, we must use our words properly. Secondly, Proverbs calls us not only to stop speaking words of death, it calls us to listen. And this leads me to my second point. If we are going to speak wisely, we must truly listen. Proverbs shows us if we are going to use our words wisely, we must listen to what other people are saying. Proverbs 18.13 says, To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. This proverb shows that it's foolish to, to speak before actually listening to the person we are speaking with. It can be so easy to respond to someone without actually listening to what they're saying to us in a conversation. If we are going to speak wisely, we must truly listen. Proverbs 18.2 says, Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. And we all know people like that, right? People that just, they don't really want to understand. They just want to put out their own opinions. This verse highlights the fact that a foolish person does not truly hear or understand the person they are speaking with. They just want to share their opinion. They don't want to understand the other person's views. They just want to vent out their views. It's the person that is thinking about what they're going to say while the other person is still talking. They have no interest in hearing the other person because they are too busy trying to get their words in as soon as the other person stops speaking. I don't know about you, but I find it easy to not truly listen to other people, but just vent out my opinion sometimes. I want to be heard and understood, but at times, I do not seek to understand the other person. This is especially true when I talk about politics. Now, when I was at Indiana University, I studied political science, so I can be pretty opinionated sometimes. <laughs> when I am expressing my views, I'm at times not trying to truly understand or listen to another person's views. I'm just trying to vlog my view and opinion. This can be so easy to do in a country that is so politically polarized. But Proverbs shows us that a wise person seeks to listen and understand before they speak. Do you seek to listen and understand your friends, spouse, parents, or children when conflict arises? Or do you seek just to answer or put out your own views without truly seeking to understand the person you're speaking with? In order to use our words properly, we must listen. Proverbs shows us that if we're going to speak wisely, we must listen. In order to use our words properly, we need to truly listen to the people in our lives. Okay. Proverbs doesn't just show us that we must stop speaking words of death and truly listen. Thirdly, it shows us that if we are going to speak wisely, we must speak words of life. 
If we're going to speak wisely, we must speak words of life. Now, the book of Proverbs shows us multiple ways to use our words wisely through speaking words of life. To help you remember the ways to speak words of life, I have another acronym that I'm really proud of, actually. HER. H-E-R, HER. I like this acronym for two reasons, and I'll be upfront. One isn't biblical, and the other is biblical. Firstly, HER is the name of an up-and-coming R&B artist that many people believe is saving true R&B music, including myself. I like HER's music, but I appreciate the fact that she is an anti-star. You might not know what an anti-star is, but she always, always, always covers her face with sunglasses and often wears modest clothing because she is all about the music. The second reason I like the acronym HER is because wisdom is personified as a woman in the first chapter of Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs ends by highlighting a wise woman. So it seems only right for a pronoun used to refer to women to be an acronym for speaking wise words of life. HER stands for words of healing, encouragement, and restraint. Words of healing, encouragement, and restraint. Those who use their words to heal and encourage are speaking wise words of life. Also, the one who uses their words with restraint is speaking wisely as well. Proverbs 12:18 says, The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. The beginning of this proverb shows that the words of a person who speaks recklessly cause great harm. The proverb uses the metaphor of being stabbed with a sword to illustrate the pain caused by reckless words. I'm sure we can all remember hurtful and reckless words that people have spoken to us. And we may even be able to remember the reckless words we, speak in, we spoke in to other people. As a kid, I used to say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But as I grew older, I realized that words had the capacity to pierce like a sword. But the second half of this verse shows us that the wise do not use their words to hurt, but to heal. The wise use their words not to hurt, but to heal. This proverb shows that a wise person brings healing through the words that they speak. The word healing also means medicine. The words of the wise is medicine to those who are hurting. The wise person speaks words of life through speaking words of healing. In 2016, the National Museum of African American History and Culture was open in Washington, D.C. And I was absolutely elated. I love history. And I love specifically learning about African-American history. I have not been to the museum yet, but my mom has gone and she loved it. So Lord willing, before I die, I want to go to that museum. When the museum opened, former President George Bush and Barack Obama gave speeches. I listened to a section of those speeches with one of my friends. And as I listened to George Bush's speech, he nearly brought me to tears. I know, hear that again. George Bush nearly brought me to tears from a speech. I know, that's surprising. I've heard numerous speeches from George Bush and never felt close to shedding tears. But that day, 
he said something that really moved me. I will never forget what he said in his speech at the opening of the African American History Museum in DC. He basically said, no telling of American history is complete nor accurate without African Americans. As I reflected upon why those words nearly brought me to tears, I realized that I had often felt like the history of African Americans was not essential or important to the overall narrative of this country. As a descendant of a historically marginalized people group, I often felt like black history was not really American history because it was often marginalized in the history books I used in public schools. So when George Bush said, no telling of history is complete, nor accurate without African-Americans, he spoke a word of healing to me through YouTube. <laughs> Have you ever had someone speak a word of healing to you? Proverbs shows us that the one who speaks life speaks words of healing. Those who speak words of life do not only speak words of healing, they also speak words of encouragement. Proverbs 16.24 says, Gracious words are a sweet honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. This proverb highlights the reality that kind words are encouraging the people. This also shows the power of encouraging words. The writer of Proverbs calls kind and encouraging words sweet to the soul a healing to the bones. This shows that encouraging words are uplifting to the whole of a person. This past summer, I did my internship at Christ Community Church and the campus pastor of the Brookside campus, Bill Gorman, served as the supervisor of my internship. At the end of my internship, Bill evaluated me as my internship supervisor and when he sent in his evaluation, I was automatically emailed a copy of what he said. So I guess you can guess what I did next. So of course, when I received this email, I looked over what he wrote. And the things he wrote were so encouraging to me. Christ Community is the first church I've ever served on staff at as a pastor. So it was encouraging to read Bill's words from my evaluation. It was also very encouraging to read Bill's words because I received one of the most hurtful emails after the first sermon I preached at Christ Community. Now, every other person I spoke to gave me extremely positive feedback after my sermon, including the pastors at Christ Community. But, you know, it's always that one person, you know, that, that sent me hurtful words. And this email stuck with me for over a month. The email even brought me to the point of questioning if I could handle the criticism that often comes with serving as a pastor in ministry. After I read Bill's encouraging words, I felt encouraged to continue in pastoral ministry, and I felt reaffirmed in my call to preach the gospel. His kind words were encouraging to me in a time where I needed to hear words of life. And this is what wise people do. They speak words of encouragement when we need them. The person who speaks life speaks words of encouragement to those around them. If we want to speak life, we should speak words of encouragement. Okay. The book of Proverbs also shows us a final way to speak life with our words. In Proverbs, we see that the person who speaks wisely also uses their words with restraint. Proverbs 29.20 says, Do you see someone who speaks in haste? 
there is more hope for a fool than for them. This proverb reveals that the person who speaks too soon is extremely foolish. The proverb states there is more hope for a fool than for a person who speaks too quickly. Proverbs 17, 27 says, The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint, and whoever has understanding is even-tempered. This verse shows that a person who uses restraint when they speak is the one who's speaking wisely. This is what wise people do. They are restrained in their use of words. Proverbs 10, 19 says, Sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongue. This verse highlights once again the reality that wise people know when to restrain their tongues because they know speaking too much can often lead to sin and disaster. This is another lesson I learned. When I was really young, and my mom didn't even know I asked her about this yesterday, but she didn't know I was going to tell this story. (laughs) My mom went to the hairdresser and got her hair cut really short. She hated this haircut, and based on her confirmation yesterday, she did cry because she liked it. She hated it so much. Now, my mom saw her hairdresser again, and she asked her how she liked the haircut, and I happened to be with her. Now, I should have followed the wisdom of Proverbs and restrained my words, but before I knew it, I was telling the hairdresser how much my mom hated her haircut. This lack of Restraint resulted in me immediately being disciplined. And by disciplined, I mean spanked. <laughs> Even though I'm much older today, I can still struggle with using, res- using restraint in my use of words. Do you ever struggle with using restraint with your words? Proverbs shows us that we should speak words of life through using restraint with our words. If we're going to speak wisely, we must speak words of life. These words of life are words of healing, encouragement, and restraint. Now, to grow in speaking life, we wanted to give you something to take away from this sermon. As we handed out, we handed out the cards. So if you could grab those cards in your seats. We're using these cards today across all five of our campuses. And if you have a writing utensil, I have three questions that I want you to answer in these cards. Just to take with you, you can sit it on your desk, you can sit it in your home. The first question is, who is a person close to you who you could speak a word of healing to over the next few weeks? Who is a person who is close to you who you could speak a word of healing to over the next few weeks? The second question is, who are three people in your life who you could speak a word of encouragement to over the next three weeks? Who are three people in your life who you could speak a word of encouragement to over the next three weeks?
And the final question is, who was someone who you should be more restrained with in your use of words? I don't want to assume that people need to do that, but if, you can, if someone comes to mind. <laughs> After writing these answers, some of you may be wondering how to grow in speaking words of life. I think one practical way to grow in speaking wisdom is to meditate upon God's word. In Matthew 4, 4, Jesus says, A person shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. As we meditate on God's word, we grow in our ability to speak life because God's word gives life and nourishes our faith. In Luke 6, 45, Jesus says, A good person brings good things out of the good stored up in their heart. And an evil person brings evil things out of the evil stored up in their hearts. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. This verse shows that we speak out of the overflow of our hearts. If we meditate upon scripture, it will be stored in our hearts. This will lead to us speaking more words of life to the people around us. Now, another thing we can do to grow in speaking life is to look at our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In John 6, after Jesus had given a tough teaching, some of his disciples started to fall away from him. And Jesus turned to his disciple Peter and asked him, did he want to leave too? And Peter says in John 6, 68, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Peter knew that Jesus had the words of eternal life. In the Gospels, Jesus used his words to speak life. He used his words to literally heal people from leprosy and disease. He used his words to give sight to the blind. He used his words to give the paralyzed people the ability to walk. He used his words to forgive people of their sins. He used his words to free people from demonic oppression. He used his words to stop destructive storms. He used his words to speak truth to those deceived by lies. He used his words to raise the dead back to life. And he used his words to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. Jesus spoke wise words of life because he is the word of life. God in flesh. All human beings speak death because we are born dead in sin due to our disobedience against God. But Jesus, the word of life, took on flesh to restore our broken relationship with God. He lived the life we could never live, and he died the death we deserve. Jesus died for our sinful words and all our sin. They drove nails through his hands and feet. Then he died at the cross of Calvary for you and me. But he didn't stay there. Early Sunday morning, he rose from the grave to set us free. After his resurrection from the grave, Jesus sealed all his followers with the Holy Spirit. We are in Christ Jesus, the word of life, and his spirit is in us to empower us to speak wise words of life to those around us. If we are going to be wise, we must use our words properly. In Jesus, we receive the power to use our words properly. We have the power through the Holy Spirit to stop speaking deaf, to listen, and to speak words of life. Let us pray. Father, just thank you for your grace, Lord. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, Lord, so that we could be forgiven for all the foolish things we say and do, Lord. And I pray that you would give us the grace 
to glorify you in all that we say. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.